Hello, prayer friend. Once again, thank you for listening in to our prayer cast from AfriChrist Prayer Ministries, the ministry that reaches out to the busy person, the millennials, the professionals of all fields, and to the underchurched, uh, often unreached people. We believe the scripture that says that the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. We also believe, just like Jesus did, and the disciples, Paul and the prophets of old, that our prayers should have impact every time. And so we believe in praying with impact in our ministry. Jesus never prayed a prayer that failed, and he never sent out a command that didn't achieve its intended purpose. He prayed and commanded with words of impact. We are confident that the Bible-based prayer principles that we teach never fail. The Bible says that God's word never comes back to him void. If our prayers are initiated of the Holy Spirit, as it says in Romans 8, then they will never come back void to us. Uh, we would also appreciate if you recommend our app, AfriChrist. This app can be downloaded from the Apple App Store and also the Google Play Store, and it reaches out to people like you. Thank you once again, and may God bless you as you're listening. Hello, friends. This is Sam Kawesa, your host, once again welcoming you to our prayer cast. This is the day that the Lord has made, and let us rejoice and be glad in it. Our topic for today is don't give up the fight. We are talking about the fight in prayer, okay? The fight in life, the fight in getting whatever you are intending to get. Uh, As we go through this, I want you to realize that we have an enemy who does not want us to get to where we're supposed to get. Directly opposed to the scripture that the Lord says in Jeremiah 29, 11, that I have a plan for you and the plan is for good and not for evil. Plan to make you prosper. In other words, plans for you to succeed. That's God's thoughts toward us as his children, as his creation that he wants us to succeed and he wants us to make it and so he has a plan for us. The other side that we may not really understand is that God has given us also another aspect of our lives that we need to do in order to uh, fulfill that uh, plan that he has for us and it is prayer. And today we're going to look at uh, five different kinds of prayer in this walk with our Lord to fulfill the plans that he has for us. Now, I don't want you to think that this is the only way or the only thing that we have to do in prayer. However, I have picked these five prayers. They are in my book that I wrote, Praying with Impact, that you can download on the Apple Books. But um, in that book, I mention these five types of prayer. Each one of these uh, topics stands on its own, but I just want you to see that in your walk with Christ, you're going to be in need of one of these forms of prayer. Sometimes you may use all of them. This is not like one, two, three, four, five, A, B, C, D, E kind of way that this is how you do it in prayer and then you go to B and then you go to C. No. I'm talking about each one of them can stand on its own and you may find yourself in one or the other at one time in your life, okay? So that's my little intro for where we are going. And these are the five kind of prayers that we're going to look at. These are prayer for redemption, number one, and there's going to be a prayer for repentance, and then there's going to be a prayer of worship, and then a prayer of petition, and in the prayer of devotion. For example, we had some friends visiting and we were really having a good time. We were talking and talking about this and the other. And then just before uh, we started to eat, uh, the Lord put on me that, hey, you need to repent, all of you, for the way you've been talking. 
In other words, we were talking as if we were in this high point uh, as far as Christianity that we don't do this and the other people do the other or if these people couldn't do this or the other then maybe this wouldn't happen. And we went into a prayer of repentance. Instead of just praying for the food that we're about to eat, we repented for our pride, for exalting ourselves above everybody else or thinking that we are better than this or the other. And yet, in normal talk, it wasn't really bragging. We were not out there bragging or bashing anybody. But the Lord showed me that we had been holding ourselves much higher than we really are. Instead of being empathetic towards other people in similar situations, we thought for us because we had overcome certain things, we we, were up there. But no, but for the grace of God, that's what he gave me, but for the grace of God. So we went into a prayer of repentance before we ate. Okay, so now the first one we're going to look at is the prayer of redemption. What do we mean by prayer of redemption? So for example, if you're going into the army, there's what they call enlistment. Or if there's a war, the government can decide that we're going to put you in as long as you are 18 years or above. That's what happened in the Second World War. That would be called conscription. In other words, because of your age, that time in the Second World War, they just conscripted you into the army. And some others refused to go because of their faith, their religious faith, or others just rebelled and crossed over to Canada. But some people actually did go, even though it was against their will. That is conscription, while here we are talking about free will. The prayer of redemption is a free will. You do it because you want to. You accept it because you realize who you are and where you are in your life, and so you decide... I am going to accept this redemption that's offered to me. So that's the difference. One of the most famous one during the Vietnam War in America, remember Muhammad Ali when he was called Cassius Clay at the time? He, based on his faith, he refused to go. Okay, And he actually was put in jail because they conscripted him and he refused. So he didn't go. However, when we say... You are being redeemed, but it's your choice. It's not a conscription. You are not forced. God is not going to force you into redemption. You have to make that decision yourself. You know, our need for redemption is the first key for entering into God's presence. You know, we have to understand that we need this redemption of God because of the way we've been living, because we ourselves cannot do it. We need God to redeem us from our own selves and the things that we've been doing. And when one uh, realizes that they have sinned and are unworthy and we are incapable of redeeming ourselves, then we start crying out to the Lord. Then we ask for his forgiveness, okay? So in the Old Testament, the uh, priests used to do it every year so that the, the whole community would be atoned. But when it comes to us in the New Testament, we don't do it for the whole community. You do not um, go to the Lord for your community for redemption, for your family for redemption. Every one of you has to go on their own. No one will go for you. The priest will not go for you. You have to go for yourself 
to Jesus Christ, to the Lord, and ask for forgiveness, okay? So in the Old Testament, it used to be done that way. But as we know that the Old Testament is really a picture of the New Testament, in the New Testament, we acknowledge Jesus Christ. Now, I want to make something clear here. I want to clarify. When I say that you can't go for the community, I'm not talking about intercession where you can intercede for someone else or uh, a community for repentance. When you go in this kind of communal uh, intercession, you are really praying so that this person, they themselves, their spirit will communicate with God's spirit and they themselves repent on their own. But you can pray for them so that they can go to the Lord or they will understand what the Lord can do for them in the area of redemption or repentance. But you can't repent for their sin. But what that does, it leads him to go to the Lord for them to be contrite themselves and ask the Lord to forgive them. So yes, you can intercede for the community in or someone else, but so that they can approach the Lord themselves from their heart because the sin is from them, is from their doing. Now, also as a community, as a church, as a group, as a family, you can go in wholesome repentance to the Lord. You can pray for your generation that the Lord may forgive you. Now, what that means, though, is that people are going to have to change their ways so that the Lord may forgive them. Say, for example, if your generation is a generation where there's been a lot of crime, you can cry unto the Lord to forgive you. But that forgiveness is going to cause a change in the hearts of people. That's where intercession comes in. You intercede so that there is a wholesome change in the community, in the generation. But we are not talking about communal forgiveness, but here we are talking about the sin of repentance as an individual. Like I said at the introduction, these prayers are for you as an individual so that you know what to do in certain situations. The thing about this is that God meets you where you are. Uh, in the Bible, there's a story of the prodigal son. He came to the father and he said, Hey, I want everything that you're going to give me when you're dead. I want mine now. So he went out there and he started just spending on everything. And he lost all he was given. Then one day he was in the pigsty working for somebody else. And he realized that the pigs were living better than he did. He said to himself, I shall arise and go to my father. That is a decision he made on his own. He had to make it in his heart that he will arise and go to his father. That's where redemption comes in. You have to arise and go back to the father. But the thing is, the Lord is waiting on us. And in fact, the Bible says that when the prodigal son started to uh, woke up the next day and decided, hey, I'm going back to my father and I'm going to tell him that I have sinned against you. I am sorry. I am not even worthy to be your child, but let me come and work for you because even your servants live better than I am right now. But guess what? The Bible says that when the father saw him from afar, he sent these people to go get him. And when his son came, he was in 
a mode of repentance, which is going to be our next prayer, the prayer of repentance. So you see, the redemption comes with the repentance. So he comes here and he says, you know, he planned it. He thought about it. It, he made, he sunk it in his heart and he said, I shall arise and go to my father and I will say to him, I'm not worthy to be your son. Okay, that's in Luke 15 verse 18. Uh, but we know one thing. The Bible says that the ears of the Lord are attendant to the prayers of those who come to him, to his children. And this son, when he came to the father, he heard him. He already knew. He already saw his son coming towards him. When God sees us coming towards him, the Bible says that he already knows what we're going to pray even before we pray it. So in the same way when this prodigal son was coming far off, the father saw him. He knew he was coming towards him. And the Bible says that, hey, he sent his servants and he says, get my son. When he came, he told his servants, put a new ring on him and give him a new robe. So he met him where he was and he dressed him up. Everything became new. He did not even want to hear his story because the son, the prodigal son, was starting to um, to feel guilty. So Jesus told the parable of the prodigal son, okay? This is in um, Luke chapter 15, verse 11. Then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of the goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days later, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted all his possessions with, with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great distance off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell to his neck and kissed him. And when the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and you and your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But, this is a big but here, the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring a fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this my son was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found again and they began to be merry so you see the father even ignored everything that the son was saying about his repentance he knew exactly that his son he was sorry for what he had done he started and met him where he was in his sin in his repentance so now this second prayer of repentance it shows that when we have a contrite heart and we come to the lord and repent of the things that we have 
have done, God already knows. He is ready to welcome us with open arms. I want you to understand something, that many times you may be in a mode of repentance. I'm not talking the first time you repented to the Lord to become, you know, to be, uh, to be his follower. No, I'm talking about because we are human, because we are, we will make mistakes. Sometimes we find ourselves in the same spot. God has given us everything. We have been prodigal in our living, in whatever it is. And it doesn't have to be as lavish as this young man was, but whatever it is, it may be prodigal. And so we have to find ourselves coming to the Lord in a prayer of repentance. And we confess. In fact, Isaiah 6, 5, he also said the same thing. You know, he went before the Lord and he realized how uh, sinful he was. He said, oh my God, woe is me for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. See, he went in God's presence and then he realized, prophet as he was, he was a man of unclean lips. He has been saying things he shouldn't have said. But whatever it was, they were unclean before the Lord. Okay? So now he had to come in repentance. Just going in his presence, you realize how unclean we are. That's what Isaiah was going through. He said, oh my God, all this time I thought I was this prophet. Everybody coming to me, prophet Isaiah. But look. When I go in the presence of the Father, suddenly I realize how unclean I am before him. And he said, woe unto me. He went into a mode of repentance. So many times when we do things in life, when we are in that mode of uh, just looking at our past, we realize how unclean we are. And we realize that the, we are among a people who are unclean. A spirit of repentance may come upon you, even as a congregation. And you say, oh my God. We are a people who are unclean. The things that we've been doing, saying about fellow man, whether it's about another race, another country, whatever it is, you realize how before God you are a people of unclean lips. So you go into a mode of repentance. So sometimes, my friend, you're going to find yourself in this mode of repentance, okay? Now, uh, let me read you this scripture from Daniel 9, verse 16. And 17. Now, um, now I want you to concentrate on Daniel's personal sin. Even though in this situation, you're going to see Daniel confessing for himself, but also for his community. But don't forget, we are dealing with the personal um, confessions here. Now, also, I want you to note from this scripture from Daniel that what we do individually, even as Daniel did in this case, will affect the whole community, even as Daniel's community was in this case. That's why he is repenting for himself as well as for his community. So those two things are tied together. What we do as individuals will affect the whole community. That's why here Daniel, you see, he ties the two together. But in our situation here, in our study here, we are dealing with personal 
um, confessions, but just don't forget that whatever we do as individuals affects everyone around us, affects our family, affects our jobs, affects everything, okay? That's why Daniel here, as a master intercessor, he goes into the mode of confession, not just for himself, but also for his community. Now, Daniel goes, O Lord, in keeping with your righteous acts, Turn away your anger and your wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill. Our sins and iniquities of our fathers have made Jerusalem and your people an object of scorn to all those around us. Now, O God, hear the prayers and the petitions of your servants for your sake. O Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. In 9.20, it goes like this. While I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and making my request to the Lord my God or for his holy hill, Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision, reached me. See, as you start to repent, in this case, Daniel in the Old Testament was repenting not just for himself, but for the sins of his people. God saw his heart the same way the prodigal son's father saw him coming. And he sent this angel Gabriel to answer his prayer. Because God had seen Daniel's heart even as he was repenting for his people. So God sees our hearts before we even say the things that we want to say to repent. God sees it and sends his angel, sends his answer. God loves you that much. So don't ever stop going into repentance if the Holy Spirit puts it on you. Don't think that you're so so you know so righteous you don't need to repent. We all need that mode of prayer every so often. That's the prayer of repentance, okay? And we could be through different circumstances. We are all different. It may be something you did to your uh, spouse or uh, against your spouse. Words you may have spoken, your children, your co-workers, whatever it is. But we all go into that mode of repentance. It's not just that one time when we repented of our sin. It's a continuous walk. So now in this um, repentance, you're going to see that in the Old Testament, as we've seen, you know, the priest would go and repent for them, for the atonement. But for us, we go to Christ. We have to go to Christ ourselves, okay? Jesus Christ is our Lord and our Savior, our Master. Acknowledging his sacrifice on the cross as the final and full atonement. See, the people in the Old Testament, they used to go every year. But this atonement that we have from Jesus Christ is final, is forever, is eternal. However, when we do fall, we go back and reflect on that, you know, as the benefit of this blessing. God has made available to us every promise of Abraham, every promise of Abraham, by just making this confession. We open our doors to the promises of Abraham. In Galatians 3:13 to 14, it says this, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is the one that hangeth 
on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So you see, this is how we receive the promise of the Spirit because we come to him in repentance and we are repenting because he has done it once and for all eternally. We don't have to come every year for the atonement ceremony, but instead we can approach him minute by minute for everything at any time, okay? We don't have to wait until next year. It is a walk with him. It is a conversation with him. It is an interaction with his spirit so that we are checked on a minute-by-minute basis, okay? Then there is a third prayer, a prayer of worship. Now, many times when we talk about worship, we are thinking uh, just singing. But no, it's it's not just singing, even though that's a big part of worship, okay? The motive and the final result of our prayer should always ultimately be to lead us to worship our God. Now, what does worship mean? We're going to find that out. That regardless of the content of our petition, say, for example, we may be coming to him for forgiveness. We may be coming to him, asking him for something. It doesn't matter. In the end, it has to be for his glory. And when we do things for the glory of our Lord, we end up worshiping him. You know, David always recognized this powerful principle in his prayers. Uh, and many of them come in the form of the Psalms, okay? This praise he was embedded in many of his prayers. Let's say, for example, take some Psalms 5, which was written to the chief musician, okay? In, in verse 7 it says, But as for me, I'll come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy, and in thy fear I will worship toward thy holy temple. So you see here he's saying, He's coming to the Lord. He's saying that, hey, consider my meditation. Listen to my cry, O God. So as you can see, this is really a petition for, uh, you know, for something he wants. Uh, uh, He's going through something and he said, listen to my cry. But then in the end, he says that, hey, I shall come and worship you in your house. Worshipping God. How do you worship? How is he going to worship God? First of all, we see that this psalm is addressed to the uh, chief musician. So that means that he wants this prayer or this petition uh, brought unto God through music. He's giving it to his musician. Hey, make a melody out of this so that I can approach the Lord because I have this cry. I want him to consider my meditation. So I don't know how or what tune he used, but definitely he used a song to present his petition. So it was a worship. He's coming to him as a God who is able to do anything, but he's coming to you. You know, like many times we come to the Lord, unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Oh my God, I trust in you let me not be ashamed let not the enemy triumph over me so you recognize that as one of the psalms of david i believe it's in psalm 25 so as you can see you can approach god uh, to ask for forgiveness to ask for protection but in a psalm of songs in psalms and hymns he will accept it 
that is a prayer of worship. You are worshiping the Lord in song, but then again, you are presenting your petition to Him. So sometimes you will be into that mode. In fact, let me teach you another thing about that psalm. One of the things that I do in my home, like say for example, when I'm having an issue, of any kind of issue, say for example, my children, when they, especially when they were younger, but I can do it even now, and I wanna pray for them, and I don't even know how to pray, I don't know how to say it, I go into worship, and then when I worship, I pull up that psalm, and I go, unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up, my kids unto thee, O Lord. Do I lift up my kids, O God? O my God, I trust in you. Let them not be ashamed. Let not the enemy triumph over them. So you see, you can use that Psalm of David and put in your own situation. You can personalize it. Do you want another one? Let me try again the same psalm. It goes, I say, I'm praying for my house. I'm praying for my home. Things are happening. Whatever it may be, you may be having problems with bills. Whatever it is, let's use this psalm. Let's use it as a song unto God because of our issues. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up this home. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up this home. Oh my God, I trust in you. Let us not be ashamed. Let not the enemy triumph over us. So you see, that's exactly what I mean. God hears those prayers. You are worshiping him, but you are presenting him with your issue. Go in the Psalms of David, Psalm 25, 26, and 27. You're going to find those words there. Customize them for yourself. That is worship. That is a petition in worship. God loves that I have seen that work miracles in my home, in my life. Hey, let me give it to you another way, okay? The Holy Spirit is leading me in this now. Say, for example, you're having an issue at work and you don't know what to do. You're having an issue at work with somebody. You are not performing well. It's a new job and you don't know what to do. So guess what? Go to him this way. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my job. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my job, O Lord. Oh my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not the enemy triumph over me. No, Lord. And then you can tell him this. You have been a sinner. You have been this and you may be feeling guilty. The enemy may be trying to make you feel guilty. So you continue with that psalm. And it goes like this. Remember not the sins of my youth. Remember not the sins of my past, O God. Oh, my Lord, I trust in you. Yes, I do. Let me not be ashamed. Let not the enemy 
triumph over me no lord so you see you are using the psalm to worship him but you are you petitioning him at the same time david used to do that all the time let's read psalm 25 okay and you see where i got those uh, nice little verses in my bible it says that it's a plea for deliverance and forgiveness okay and this is a psalm of david and it goes like this verse one to you O lord i lift up my soul O oh my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not the enemy triumph over me. Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. Let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. Show me your ways, O oh God. Teach me your paths and lead me into your truth and teach me. Remember, O oh Lord, uh, your tender mercies and your loving kindness from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth. Know the transgressions according to your mercy. Remember me. So you see, read that Psalm 25, and you're going to find the basis of that song in there. David was coming to God and says, forgive me, have mercy on me, but in the sense of worship. We have seen in all of these prayers that there is petition, but a petition is a prayer that is need-driven. And we have seen that. David is saying that in um, Psalm 25. He has a need, and he goes to the Lord. He petitions the Lord, and he says, Lord Almighty, Remember not the sins of my youth. In the same prayer, he is asking for forgiveness. He is repenting. He is saying who God is, the one who is able to forgive him. So now, our fourth prayer was a prayer of a petition. You know, we petition God for the needs. It's a need-driven prayer. We have to ask God because he is the only one who is able to fulfill our petitions. And so when you are in that mode of prayer, it will be a good idea to worship the Lord in song. You'd be surprised. You know, remember in Second Chronicles chapter 20, uh, King Jehoshaphat, he was going to fight a war with this great army and he didn't know what to do. The Bible says in chapter 20, he says that, I don't know what to do. Guess what the Lord did? He told him that, don't be afraid. In the morning, go in the valley and face the army. He didn't tell him how he's going to do it. As they went down into the valley, God had not given him the plan yet. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of his um, uh, subjects. And the Bible says that he spoke and says, Do not be afraid. Go and face them. So they went and faced them. And when they got there, the Spirit of the Lord told Jehoshaphat, Put a choir before the army. And so what he did, he put the orchestra. Can you imagine? You put the orchestra before the fighting men so they went and the bible says as soon as they started praising and worshiping the lord the enemy started to fight among themselves that's the power of worship so you may present your petition but as you start to worship the lord the enemy or the situation starts to crumble that's how uh, the prayer of worship is and the thing about it it envelops all your needs. All your other prayers can be enveloped in the prayer of worship, as we have seen in my um, song. <laughs> you didn't know I could sing, did you? Okay. Then finally, I want to look at the uh, prayer of devotion. We have to adore God. 
we have to do it on a regular basis. And one of his ways you adore the Lord is through the name of Jesus Christ. Remember in uh, what we call the Lord's Prayer, what do we say? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name and thy kingdom come. So you see in that prayer right there or in that devotion right there, Jesus gave us those words of the uh, Lord's Prayer when Philip, one of his disciples, saw that Jesus was so powerful, every time he would pray, something would happen. He says, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus went into what we call our Lord's Prayer. But the first thing that you see in that Lord's Prayer is a devotion to the name of the Father. Uh, in the English language, the Webster Dictionary says that devotion is a homage paid to one in high esteem, profound veneration, intense regard and love, fervent devotion. This definition implies it's an intentional act. Homage paid to one with high esteem, profound veneration, intense. In other words, we have to do it. We have to understand that it is deep down in our spirit. It should come from deep down in our spirit, okay? You know, consistent devotion to prayer shows our need and dependence on Him. What do I mean consistent devotion? In other words, don't just pray in your prayer time, which is good if you do have a prayer time, but continually pray, continually be in prayer, in prayer mode, not just prayer mood. I'm talking about you speak to the Lord. Father, what do I do? Cover me with the blood of Jesus. How am I going to deal with this? Do the Jehoshaphat one where he says, Lord, what do I do? I don't know what to do. Be like Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus. He said, every time I call upon my father, he answers me. You know why? Because in First John it says that this is the confidence that we have. Because he hears us, he answers us. And everything that we ask in the name of Jesus, he gives unto us. So I want you to understand that when your life is devoted to prayer, you are going to pray with impact because you are consistently and constantly in the presence of the Father, aware that you are in the presence of the Father. It will keep you away from anger. It will keep you away from sin because you are devoted. It's a homage, as we have seen, in high esteem, profound veneration. God wants that kind of prayer of devotion, devotion to Him, okay? So now we've gone through these prayers. I want you to, everything that I've said, I want you to package it in this. That there's a prayer of redemption. Sometimes it's a prayer of repentance. Many times it's a prayer of worship. Sometimes it's a prayer of petition and devotion. When you try to live your life in that kind of mode of prayer, you are going to be a person who prays with impact. God is ready and willing to listen to you. He is able to help you in any situation. All you have to do is stay in the mode of prayer. That's what this is about today, the mode of prayer. Amen? So we're going to pray and ask the Lord to lead us and guide us in everything that we do so that we stay in the fight. Don't give up the fight because he who is behind you is greater than the task ahead of you. The Bible says that he fights our battles. 
So don't give up giving him the fight. He fights our battles, so give the battle to him. Stop fighting it yourself. Don't give it up because it's not you who is doing the firing. He is doing the firing. Pum pum pum. All you got to do is give it to him. Use these forms of prayer. Use these five guidelines I've given you in prayer so that he will be your fighter in your situation. He will fight for you. He will do the fighting. Does it mean that you don't do anything? No, of course not. Just follow his spirit. He knows how to direct and guide you in this fight. He is doing the fighting. You just follow him. You are going to see the hand of the Lord move. He will defend you. He got your back covered. Amen. So don't give up the fight. Go in prayer. Go in worship. Go in repentance. Pray. Petition him. Be devoted to prayer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Father, you've given us ways to approach you, ways to turn over the fight to you, O oh God. I pray for my brothers and sisters out there who've been listening to this podcast that you may show them that you are able and capable of defending them, protecting them, providing for them, and that the fight is yours not theirs. Father, in the name of Jesus I ask you that you may help them to understand your sovereignty over any situation and every situation that you are able and capable of doing what they have never seen or did know could happen that lord heavenly father in their fight let them be like david let them give it to you let them worship you in song in songs god show them how to lift up their souls unto you their situations unto you their family unto you their children their job whatever it is father we lift it up to you that lord they may have victory in christ because you do the fighting father so father in the name of jesus we thank you that we have learned today that we can come to you in these forms of prayer and hand it over to you and never give up the battle in the name of jesus we thank you we glorify you now and forever amen okay my brothers and sisters i thank you for listening in but as usual i'm going to do what i always do which is to see who have been downloading and i'm going to mention the countries but today i feel i'm going to give a, a summer break okay but the summer break is going to be this i'm going to mention just two countries which have downloaded i'm going to mention number 1 and number 2 in the last 14 days okay in the last 14 days the number 1 and 2 countries whoa what i am amazed number 1 has been australia with all ooh, the downloads in australia went up 66% number 1 was australia now that's a that's that's new on me okay i usually see australia but way down there but it took over at number 1 number 2 was the united states as usual and i'm so thankful for all listeners but australia welcome you came with a bang i didn't even know that down under there were that many people who would be interested but hey praise the lord thank you and god bless you 
with this pandemic. And God be with you now and forever. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.